I have so appreciated that about um, nurses that I know and that, that I have worked with is that um, they they want to get things done. Uh, we we want to get things done, and and if you know no one else is raising their hand to do it, then when we just kind of jump in and do it ourselves. Hello, everyone. I'm Angela Rosa Di Donato, and I'm Marion Leary, and you're listening to Amplify Nursing a Penn Nursing podcast supported by the Panola Fund for Innovation in Nursing. Amplify Nursing features nurses who are leading the way in science, policy, and innovation. Our guests defy stereotypes, define practice, and disrupt convention. We highlight the breadth and depth of nursing influence on society by amplifying nurses who are pushing boundaries and breaking down barriers to build a new paradigm. Today on Amplify Nursing, we speak with Megan Mariotti, as the Clinical Innovation Delivery Lead at Verily, Megan uses her nursing experience to bring healthcare innovation to scale. A pediatric nurse practitioner by training, Megan has worked to improve quality and health outcomes throughout her career. In this episode, Megan talks about her thoughts on innovation, overcoming barriers, and the opportunity for nurses to change the landscape of healthcare. Thank you so much for agreeing to talk with us today. Oh, well, I mean, I, I want to thank you for starting this podcast. I think it's it's a really great way to learn about what other nurses are doing and um, and some really interesting roles. So thanks to you, too. Thank you. So um, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and how you ended up where you are now, which is at Verily? Sure. So I... Uh, I Grew up in a family of uh, a couple of different healthcare professionals. Uh, my dad is an orthodontist. My mom is an audiologist. Uh, I have a couple of aunts, uh, my mom's sisters, who are nurses. Um, and my brother ended up going on to become a physician. So I sort of, um, I, I grew up surrounded by, you know, uh, uh, people in the healthcare profession. So it wasn't, it wasn't, um, probably a big surprise when I decided to uh, pursue nursing as a career. I, I studied at Penn Nursing. I loved it there. And I think one of the things that I was really attracted to about Penn Nursing is that I just, when I went and visited, I saw that there was just so many options that you have when you become a nurse, that you can work in so many different types of settings. You can work with babies, you can work with adults, you can um, you know, work in a hospital or in a clinic. And I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I liked that I would get to learn about, um, you know, taking care of patients in different settings and then that I would have options. I certainly never thought uh, that one of those places I might end up would be a technology company. Um, I sort of, along the way, I worked, um, I worked as an RN in the inpatient setting. I was at New York Presbyterian Hospital. I was a camp nurse at, a, at um, actually for four times um, at, at camps for overweight kids. And um, I, I sort of went on to pursue uh, roles in um, quality improvement and healthcare innovation. And then currently I, I work at Verily uh, Life Sciences, which is formerly uh, Google Life Sciences. Um, and it, uh, it's essentially been, um, 
it, it, it was Google Life Sciences, like founded in, in 2013 as part of Alphabet. Uh, and it's a, it's a company that is developing tools to, to really collect and organize health data and, and create interventions um, and platforms uh, based on those, based on that data and insights from that data. Yeah, that's really cool. It's um, how, so it's interesting that you sort of segued through your camp nursing and your pediatric nurse practitioner experience and ended up at Penn Center for Innovation. Mm -hmm. So um, how do you think that that position, um, how, do, how did you get drawn to doing what you're doing? In my current role, do you mean? Yeah, and, and yeah. Yeah, so I think uh, one of the things that I found in, in my last, certainly when I worked at Penn's Center for Healthcare Innovation, but also in other roles as a nurse practitioner and um, uh, in roles in, in quality improvement, um, I found that and I think I, you know this is this is probably not news to you, but that it that uh, it's really hard to scale effective innovation. That that you know um, setting up pilots and and you know getting started on a pilot is one thing, but then sort of taking a pilot that's been successful and scaling it across multiple locations, uh, multiple different settings is is a whole different challenge. Uh, and so, you know, that, that was clear to me when I um, started doing shared medical appointments at Geisinger for, for uh, overweight teenagers. So, you know, doing it in a pilot was one thing, but then trying to do it, you know, more broadly across multiple sites was really, really hard. And then when I got to Penn's Innovation Center, you know, I think we were, uh, you know, th th that center does incredible work around, you know, um, uh, really well defining problems in the in clinical spaces and then developing effective interventions um, to address those uh, but, but scaling it you know certainly even within the walls of Penn medicine was challenge challenging let alone taking it outside of Penn medicine to other uh, to other organizations uh, so I, one of the things that really attracted me to this role at verily is while it's a totally different space so you know, I, I, I'm working in a, a company that, you know, we, we don't actually provide care for patients. Uh, we're sort of outside of, of the direct care uh, space. But we are, what I, what I was really attracted to here is that I think we're, you know, trying to develop technologies that help us to scale effective in innovations. And so I think my experience is actually has really helped me to understand some of the challenges to doing that. And, um, you know, it, it just really informs the way I think about what, what it is that we're building. So in, in talking about bringing things to scale, I just want to go back a little bit to the shared medical appointments. So, sure. so you piloted it and it was fairly successful and then trying to implement it large scales where you, you ran into some barriers. What kind of barriers did you run into for something like that? Well, yeah, so some of them are pretty simple and then some were more complex. And so, and so just in case uh, uh, people don't know shared medical appointments, they're sometimes abbreviated SMAs, SMAs, um, and they're appointments that you hold uh, rather than just, you know, sort of one-on-one -on -one clinician to patient, 
they're for multiple patients at the same time. So uh, the, the reason I started them in the first place is that I was meeting with teenagers in a clinic setting on a fairly regular basis to, to um, uh, address some of the health uh, challenges and health concerns that um, were occurring as a result of them being overweight or obese. And uh, I thought, a, a couple of reasons I thought a shared medical appointment would be better than, than just me meeting with patients one-on-one. -on -one. one is that, uh, just very simply, I could hold shared medical appointments in the, in the evening so that uh, you know kids didn't have to get out of school to come meet with me on a regular basis. I didn't want to sort of disrupt their schedule because often I was meeting with kids every month to every three months, and it's a pretty frequent appointment time. And then you know parents had to get out of work and go drive and pick up their kid and bring them into the appointment. So one simple reason was like I thought the timing would just be more convenient. The second is I thought. People, I think, um, you know, like to learn from peers and learn things that have been effective and sort of rather than just sort of me talking to them and, you know, giving them advice, I thought it could be more effective from them to learn from one another. And that's both parents and, and their children sort of getting to learn. Uh, and then the other thing was that there was, there was um, I had learned that you could get a reimbursement for these types of appointments that... Uh, you, even even though it's a group visit, you actually can get reimbursement. So, uh, some of the like one of the one of the simplest challenges to scaling is like you actually have to get a clinician who will stay at night um, and and see the see patients in the evening. Uh, so that so that was one thing. The other thing is, um, you know, you kind of have to go through some processes for. Uh, uh, there's like a you know a privacy form and things like that to fill out. So just like sort of little processes to get through. I had to have somebody stay in the clinic at the front desk to check the patients in, um, and so we had to sort of like keep the building open. Uh, it was a a, a clinic in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, that typically closed, um, you know, by like five o'clock, and I was I was keeping it open later. Um, and then the other thing was just like getting patients to uh, try it. Um, I sort of spent time sort of like you know, convincing people to give it a shot. So none of those things are huge things on their own, but they're just sort of these small challenges that just make it a little bit more difficult for us to do it all over the healthcare system. I can imagine there there seems to be a lot of coordination that has to go on in a process like that. And like you said, there are a lot of little things that you wouldn't even think of until you run into the problem. Like there's no at the desk to let anybody yeah. in. I mean, it's so funny just like just to go on about that a little bit. I, I kind of thought I could check people in myself, but but that's actually hard to do when you're also, you know, doing all the other things. Um, I, I wanted to make this work so badly that I thought I could just like do all the roles, but it turns out you actually can't. Yeah, I've I've done that. <laughs> um, I feel like that I feel like that's a nursing. I think that's definitely a nursing thing. I feel like we have our hands in so many pies that we just feel like, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. And then you realize you're not an octopus and you can't do all the things. I totally agree. And I've, I have so appreciated that about um, nurses that I know and that, that I have worked with is that um, they, they want to get things done. Uh, we we want to get things done. And, and if, you know, no one else is raising their hand to do it, then when we just kind of jump in and do it ourselves. Uh, and, you know, I, I just, I, I kind of, I've kind of always done that to some extent. Yeah, I think it's 
it's a, a function of being the the linchpin that holds the whole system together, right? We're typically the one connection to all of the other things. So um, because we know where to find everything and what everyone else's role is, we start to feel like we can just do it all too. Yay. Um, anyway, um, but yeah, that's, it's such a, it's such a huge challenge. And I think part of the reason why, you know, people get burned out too, is, is trying to do all the things, right. Instead of building a process where you're not doing all the things all at once. Yeah. So we talked, you know, we've been talking about innovation in general. How, how do you define innovation? How is it defined in the, in the roles that you've had? Uh, so I think um, I think that actually my the the way that I've thought about innovation has changed over time. Uh, it's funny because I I would say earlier on in my career I I don't think that I really identified as somebody who's very innovative. Um, I I kind of saw people in innovation as people who are just naturally very creative. Uh, and I never really saw myself in that way. Um, as I have come to, uh, you know, gather more experience in the space of healthcare innovation, um, and I think, you know, the the actual point at which I feel like I uh, that that sort of transition happened uh, for me is when I started working at the Center for Healthcare Innovation. You know, sort of the the center's name itself was. Um, uh, I had the had the word in it, and so I sort of started to, you know, slowly start to to, to more identify uh, with that word. Um, but I think that what I've started to to um, to understand is that, you know, innovation isn't just for uh, you know people who who might be born creative. It's it's actually something that um, that everyone can participate in, you know, to a certain extent. It's, it's really the, the, some of the, the really important steps I have found uh, in terms of uh, participating in the innovation process um, is that you have to take the time to really understand what the problem is that you're trying to solve. Um, and when I say that, I, I mean, you know, it, it's sort of, there's multiple ways in which uh, in which we do that, certainly looking at data to, to help you sort of quantitatively define what the what the problem is in a certain space. Um, you know, the percentage of people who have that condition, the percentage of people who, uh, you know, are taking their medications for that condition, for example. But then beyond just looking at numbers, you also have to take the time to uh, talk to, you know, for example, patients who have a certain condition and, and learn about them and learn about some of the challenges that they're facing and learn about the ways in which they uh, go about trying to, you know, take care of themselves, the, the barriers that they face to, to taking care of themselves. And um, beyond just, you know, and I actually mean that beyond just like a survey, for example, it's like actually like sitting down and, and having conversations and, 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 listening to, to people, and then also, you know, observing in the clinical setting, sitting back and just watching and taking it in, uh, 
talking to clinicians who take care of patients um, in this space. By, by training, I'm a pediatric nurse uh, and, and went on to be a pediatric nurse practitioner, but uh, you know, I, I've worked on projects in, in uh, you know, the geriatric space and cardiology and endocrinology and, um, you know, certainly outside of the pediatric space and in, in, in far more uh, specific areas. And every, you know, I, I'm constantly learning about, you know, the different ways in which care is delivered in, in, in different settings and for, for different patient populations. So, um, so getting to really, like, to, to understand that problem, I think, is so important for uh, as you begin you know, innovation or innovating. Uh, and then from there, you, you can, as you under, as you better understand what the problem is, I think it sets you up really well to start to um, design different interventions and then to start to test them in small groups of people, you know, rather than just sort of jumping and jumping right from, uh, you know, you understand what the problem is to saying, I know what the answer is and I'm going to, I'm going to, this is the answer for everybody, and this is just what we're going to do. It's sort of a more humble approach of, of you know, even even after you understand the problem, then you sort of, um, you know, you test different interventions. And frankly, we're often wrong on the first couple of ones that we try. So how difficult is it not to get discouraged by that? Well, first, I just have to acknowledge that that was a very long answer to well, <laughs> a simple question. Okay. <laughs> But it's so hard to define. I think that I think um, what I'll just say uh, to um, try and justify why my answer was so long is that it's it's just not it's not as simple as I once thought it was. I once just thought it was smart people, smart creative people with good ideas, and, and it turns out it's really more of a process. Um, so you you asked, is that discouraging? Yeah. I I actually have found it to be totally motivating and exciting and um, and really just um, I'm I just am always learning. Um, so no, I don't think it's discouraging. And the reason I don't think it's discouraging is because while you are taking the time to really better understand. Uh, you know, what exactly it is, what exactly the problem is that you're trying to solve. You also, um, you can actually move fairly quickly to do all these things. You, you don't have to take, you know, months to, to, to go through these processes. It, it's, it's sort of more, more, um, it's, it's way more iterative and, and, and fast than, than, you know, uh, than I expected it to be, for example. So, um, you can very quickly test, you know, interventions with uh, small groups of people um, using, you know, you don't have to have like all the technology built out perfectly to start testing things. You can, there, there are sort of ways and, and approaches that, that you can use to um, sort of quickly test something that you're interested in testing and then, um, and then, you know, learning and iterating. And so it, it, it moves quickly. And I think when you do ultimately, um, sort of implement uh, some sort of intervention, you're actually more confident that it's good, that it's going to work than, than you might be otherwise. Yeah, because of the constant, constant testing. Yes. Of your hypothesis. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so 
can you explain a little bit about what you did um, when you worked at um, the Penn Center for Healthcare Innovation? Like what kind of projects and stuff did you work on there? Oh, sure. Uh, I, uh, my role at the Center for Healthcare Innovation was director of operations. Uh, I started as assistant director of operations and then, and then um, uh, moved into that role. And um, I, I loved that job. I, I actually really um, was really sad when I left because it's a really, uh, it's a wonderful place um, with some great projects going on. So I uh, got I got the chance to work on uh, many of the projects that I was focused on were in the employee health space, um, and so we had a um, a sort of group of projects that were focused on making uh, employees at Penn Medicine healthier. And uh, the other thing that was interesting about that was we um, were able to pilot uh, programs within the employee population that. If effective, we could think about um, scaling to the, the broader Penn patient population. Um, so I, I can't remember the exact number, but there's something like 30,000 employees at Penn Medicine. Um, and so it's a, it's a fairly large population. And we were able to sort of using data um, better, uh, you know, understand and, and see some of the uh, common conditions that were prevalent in the in the population, talking to patients, talking to employees, and understanding um, the challenges they face in, in accessing healthcare. We were able to develop some programs to help address um, some of the common issues. So um, uh, we worked on projects uh, focused on hypertension, uh, high cholesterol, uh, which of course are both very prevalent in the adult population in the U.S. and um, also um, Things like uh, reducing unnecessary emergency room visits by giving people easier access to sort of uh, acute care virtually uh, was another uh, project that was offered, a program that was offered to employees that was called First Call. Um, so that, those are some of the projects that uh, I worked on, you know, sort of directly. But then in my role, I also had the opportunity to uh, think about things like Generally, what is the portfolio of projects that we work on at the center? Uh, how do we staff those projects? Um, you know, with the with the team that we had, um, you know, hiring uh, 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 people to join the team, and you know, thinking about the different sort of skills and uh, experiences that we wanted to to bring to the team, uh, and then also just things like you know, culture and and um, and so on for uh, for the the center. So, how did you work with many nurses at the Center for Healthcare Innovation? We uh, we worked with nurse. Yes, we worked with with nurses all the time in every project uh, that we worked on. Um, the nurses were involved in some way. So, uh, of course, many of the projects focused on um, improving care in the inpatient setting, where uh, nurses were always part of, you know, better understanding the problem and then sort of designing various uh, interventions. Well, considering that there is only two of you there in, in this big pot of, of people working on all of this data and coming up with all these innovations, do you see a uniqueness to your skill set um, that you don't find with people who are not nurses? I think so. Uh, I mean, I like to think so. Um, 
but maybe that's just because I'm talking about myself. Um, I, uh, I think that uh, I feel like my experience as a nurse has been so helpful for me in every role that I've had. Um, I think one of the specific areas that I worked on in, uh, in basically every nursing role I've had, I, I don't think this is unique to me, but I'll just I'll just point it out because it's something I've thought a lot about is uh, one of the things that has been consistent across the clinical roles that I've had is, is focusing on behavior change. And, um, you know, when I was a camp nurse, I was working with kids who were overweight. Uh, when I was a nurse in the hospital, I, I it was a general pediatric floor. And so I worked um, with uh, sort of a broader population of, of kids with multiple different conditions and different reasons that they might be admitted to the hospital. And then when I became a nurse practitioner, I worked um, I worked also in the weight management space, uh, mostly with, with adolescents. And um, in, in, in those roles, I think there always was a part of what I was working on where I was thinking about uh, what are what are some of the barriers that the patient and the family is facing when it comes to um, you know making making these changes uh, to support their health? Be that you know taking a medication or picking even picking up a medication at a pharmacy, or you know changing the way that they're eating, or incorporating exercise, or getting more sleep, um, or just getting to appointments. Um, I I think. Uh, my experience as a nurse helped me to really think about um, the specific uh, challenges or barriers that people faced um, in completing those seemingly simple things. Um, and, and, and that experience has, has really helped me uh, as I've stepped into um, innovation roles. And, but but I, I say that for myself, but I, I, think, that that's, I think that's true for, for many nurses. I think um, I think nurses just think about those things when they're working with patients, and I think it's a really important uh, experience that um, you know could help us inform uh, the ways in which we um, design uh, technologies and um, you know just just ways in which we we um, think about changing healthcare delivery. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that. Um you know, as we move forward, I, I think there's a huge space for nursing to participate and really elevate the way we uh, take care of our patients. Yes, I totally agree. And as um, as I think we're seeing um, payment models changing and, uh, you know, to, to sort of paying more for outcomes, uh, uh, you know, than, than sort of the traditional um, volume-based payment models. I, I do see this opportunity for nurses to really be a part of that transition um, and, and sort of taking care of uh, populations of patients, you know, be that more remotely um, or, or sort of, you know, looking looking after a population of patients. I, I really do see an opportunity in particular for nurses to be uh, leaders in that space. Yeah, I, I agree. I think we, we definitely have the skill set for it. Well, Megan, thank you so much for taking the time to, to talk with us today. It was lovely to speak with you. Oh, this was so much fun. I love uh, I love talking about nurses and innovation and um, all these fun things happening in healthcare. So I, I really enjoyed this. Hello, Marion. 
Hello, Angela. How's it going? It's going well. So today we spoke with Megan Mariotti, as she is the current clinical innovation delivery lead at Verily, which was originally Google Life Sciences. Um, and it was a really great conversation about um, innovation and improving clinical outcomes and moving things to scale. Yes, I am a huge Megan fan. So, of course, she used to work here at Penn Medicine Center for Healthcare Innovation, and so I've had the great opportunity to work with her on some projects. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she really... It was interesting listening to her talk about nurses as innovators and how she never really thought of herself as an innovator nor as creative. And I hear this all the time from nurses. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy to me that uh, we're, one, not educating nurses more formally as innovators, and two, that we are not amplifying ourselves as leaders in nursing innovation because it's what we do all the time, right? Right. And we should be doing that. (laughs) Yes. I agree with you. And I think it's the stereotype, as and Megan talks about this a little bit, the creative person who's sitting there thinking of all these great ideas, and not the nurse who's at the bedside who's going, I can't get what I need for this patient, so I have to be really creative about who I talk to, where I go, how I find this, how I use equipment that I have to satisfy the need that I have right now, even though that's not what it's quite being need- used for generally. And they're really creative and innovative things. We're like innovation on the fly. Oh, for sure. And that's where figuring out how we can get nurses at the bedside who are creating these new workarounds to be able to scale those up. But Mm -hmm. unless we start training and educating nurses in that mindset, these will be one-off innovations that just get lost as the nurse moves on to something else. And so I love, love, love that Verily and other health tech companies are starting to bring nurses in on their teams. I mean, I would have loved it a little sooner, but Mm -hmm. having Megan at Verily and hopefully other nurses at other health tech companies will really begin to harness the knowledge and power that nurses bring to health and healthcare in these areas. Amplify Nursing is hosted by Dr. Angela Rosa Donato and Marion Leary and produced by the University of Pennsylvania School of Nursing with special thanks to our Department of Information Technology Services for their assistance. Music for the podcast was created by Harper Leary. The podcast is made possible by the Krista and Rich Panola Fund for Innovation in Nursing. Follow us on Twitter at Penn Nursing. Until next time, keep pushing over, under, around, and through. We want to thank you for listening to the Amplify Nursing podcast and remind you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your podcast listening. And if you can, please do us a solid and rate and review us as well. It will go a long way in amplifying our episodes.